0: Hello, and welcome to the Mind Springs podcast with me, Alastair Appleton. I hope you enjoy what you hear, and if you'd like to find out more about us, then visit mind-springs.org. Um, no. <laughs> I mean, interestingly, uh, you know, the Buddha was. You know the Buddha was teaching in the context of thousands of years of yogic uh, philosophy. You know the Vedas and panishads Upanishads were, you know, all in existence when the Buddha had been was teaching, and he was very much part of that confluence. Essentially, Buddhism is a is a subset of yoga in that sense. Uh, but the kind of the radical thing that the buddha uh, questioned was the existence of a soul of an irreducible um, entity that is you which is um you know very much in the in the in the yogic idea of the the atman the atman being part of the brahma uh, and the buddha you know in his uh, exploration of the four noble truths saw so that this ultimately leads to suffering, this notion of a separate and individual soul. And that it it doesn't have any um, I don't want to get too philosophical, it doesn't have any ontological ground. There's no when you look and when you kind of really pass and and go really deep into your experience, There is no irreducible you. Instead, there's a sort of constant uh, interwoven interbeing, you and all other things kind of flickering in and out uh, in temporary forms. And this is quite an important um, concept in Buddhism, that we, we can get stuck in the idea that we have an irreducible essence Uh, and it's you know obviously it's better to feel that you have a kind of a big soul than to a little ego but the the Buddha pointed out that even that sense of having a big soul still kind of it breeds ego and it breeds a sense of separation of specialness of difference And that this, you know, he identified as being the source of all our suffering. So, you know, at the time it was a very radical idea. It was a very kind of um, challenging idea for the orthodoxy uh, of um, yogic practice. And I think it still has great resonance um, in the way that those two fields interact. You know, I know this is not This is not completely true, but you know, yoga, as as I understand it, I'm not an expert, but you know, talking to Daniel, who is really immersed in it, you know, yoga's um, emphasis on liberation, purusha of coming to, you know, liberating the soul through practice, is um, self. Centered. I don't like to say that because I'm not sure that's true, but, you know, that it's a project for, to deliberate and enrich yourself nearby through practice. Uh, and the Buddhist, particularly these latter turnings of the Buddhist wheel in the bodhicitta t- mm. tradition, is that this is, this is poisonous food because you're still working for your own benefit, And that's the the really revolutionary quality of Bodhicitta is that you have to abandon any sense of self-project at all. And just let it go, because it doesn't actually exist. And immerse yourself in the otherness of the universe. Immerse yourself in all the other incredible being that surrounds you. Not to negate yourself, it's not that you don't exist. This is the kind of paradoxical part. It's not that you don't exist, but you're just not that important. <laughs> and that when you let go of that self-importance, then everything opens up. And then suffering is decreased, love is increased. And this is, um, you know, I, I really don't want to get at saying that one is better than the other, but they're different. You know, the Buddhist path has a distinct difference in that emptying out of self. And um, you know that might be me misunderstanding some of the finer points of, of uh, yoga, um, but that that seems to be the kind of distinguishing feature of, of Buddhism: is the emptying out of self, is the path to the deathless, is the path to the to the unchanging. Ah, oh, no, that's. Uh, I hope it's um, it's obviously very partial because I. I'm not a great expert in, in, in yogic philosophy, but I have, I have read a little bit about it. Does that? Does that? How does that chime with your Raj yoga um, experience? I mean, obviously, at the level of the Brahma, there is this—you um, know—there's something similar in the emptying out of the Atman into the Brahma. Um, but the, the the Buddhists, particularly the, uh, after Nagarjuna in, um, in the turning of the second turning of the wheel, so six hundred, seven hundred years after after the Buddha, there was a, a very strong critique of the idea of a all pervasive deity. You know, that there's no. There is no deity. There is no kind of um, that very idea. It's one of the last steps. Is that you know in the in the tantric uh, deities the iconography very often these crazy tantric beings with eight, twelve arms. Uh, for example, Chakrasamvaru who has twelve arms in his last hand he's he's holding the head of Brahma. So he's chopped off this final idea that there is some sort of cosmic oneness um, which is you know this is b- quite subtle p- subtle um, philosophy, but it's important, I think. Thank you for listening. And if you'd like to join our live sessions, you can at mindsprings-practicespace.org. Also, if you feel inspired to give us a review or a rating, we'd really appreciate it. It helps other people find us.